This is your other brother's podcast. It's like running through an open door. It's like finding what you're looking for. We've been waiting. We won't wait no more. We got a beautiful story. Every morning, on and on. We got a beautiful story. And we've only just begun. The best is yet to come. Welcome home, friends. To your other brothers podcast we are a community navigating faith homosexuality and masculinity together and from the jewel of the blue ridge as always my name is tom i'm so glad that you're here joining us today from the other side of the state the city of oaks it's our other brother ryan what's up ryan howdy tom howdy I don't, I don't that know was why so came out that way. <laughs> from Texas. No, he's he's still very much in North Carolina. But I love I love to, I love switching it up a little bit. Maybe when we go to the folksy tundra in a second, our other brother Aaron will switch it up from the folksy tundra. It's our other brother Aaron. Oofda. <laughs> How's that? There you go. That's that more regionally appropriate. Yes, very nice. Yeah. <laughs> Can that just be your regular greeting every time we come on? It's Aaron. Oofta. Oofta. Yeah, I like it. Could work. Oh, that's so great. Play into those stereotypes. We're, we're all about stereotypes today, you guys, because we're talking about gay. <laughs> gay? This is a really interesting topic. I'm going to explain the significance of it shortly. But gay representation in media, so in books, in TV shows, in movies, maybe in music, maybe in Broadway plays. I don't know. There's all kinds of mediums for media. So um, we're going to be talking about that in just a little bit. Ryan, this is something that you have suggested. It's literally, we have we have a master, we have, this is a little peek behind the curtain, everybody. We have a master spreadsheet with like 75 topics and some of them make more sense than others. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. But at the very top of the list, number one is gay representation in media. It's been sitting there for God knows how long, years at this point. Um, and Ryan, I want to give you credit. I want to affirm you if you're okay with that, because we had an incredible Zoom call with our supporters recently where they threw they threw things at the wall and we were seeing what stuck. They're suggesting podcast topics. Um, and you showed up that night and you raised your hand and you suggested, Hey, Tom, what about gay representation? <laughs> Even though you've already suggested it, it's just been sitting there for years. And you know what? I was looking at the calendar and I was like, let's do it. Let's just do this episode today. So way to go for standing up for your topic. Thank you, Tom. Uh, my motto in life is all you need is a little patience. Yes. So thank you for waiting three years or however long, however long it's been. Uh, I'm so excited. I think this is going to be a good topic because um, we got so much feedback from our Yabbers community, from Patreon, um, people suggesting or answering some of our discussion questions, um, sharing some of their um, resonant characters. Um gay characters in books, movies, TV shows, etc. So we're going to talk all about that in just a little bit. But first, it's really funny because we were kind of scrambling tonight to get to get coordinated and to get going. We were texting a little bit and it, it was a really nice segue um, into something I wanted to talk about because a new development in my life 
because it's a new year, we're recording this in January of 2022. It's a new year. It's a new me, right? That's what everybody's saying. Everybody's starting new gym plans or workout plans, regimens or whatever. Maybe, well, I'm not gonna say everyone. I th- think Aaron might might not be. <laughs> I've uh, I've learned to set realistic expectations okay. for myself in the That's new year. That's fine. This is not shaming you. I I just wanted to state reality. And it feels I, kind of like public shaming, but the, no, I, I'm, I'm good sorry. with that. That's Please fine. don't take it that way. I'm sorry, but because let's be real, I don't know how long this is gonna last. But for me, I started a brand new workout program today, like literally an, an hour and a half ago, and. Uh, I'm kind of exhausted. I kind of was like, oh gosh, now I have to record a podcast. Let's try to build the, I drank a full Gatorade and ate some dinner. And so hopefully I've got enough in me to get me through the next hour and a half. But, but what happened was I, because I'm without a car, I can't like drive to a gym and I don't really feel inclined to join a gym right now while COVID is still very much a thing. Um, So I was like, what can I do? What can I do to work out? I've tried YouTube workouts in the past. I just haven't had the self-discipline to like, find a YouTube channel with workouts or find something to stick with. Um, so lo and behold, one day you guys, I checked one of my credit card, you know how, I don't know if anyone here is a Dave Ramsey fan, they may not have credit cards, but, um, I have several credit cards and I was checking one of mine and they had a special offer to try out this workout program called future. And I would get, I get two free months of trying it. After that, I don't know if it's going to be financially worth it. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. But for two months, I have a personal trainer assigned to me on the future app. And he, I, I've already had a FaceTime call with him. I shared my physical limitations. and I talked about my autoimmune disease and kind of some joint things. And, and I was just telling him where I was that I really haven't had a legit workout in about two years because of COVID and my disease and everything. So, so he knows all of that. And so for three days a week, he's going to personalize these workouts for me. Um, and he, <laughs> he is such like a, a, a gym bro. Like he just has that demeanor about him. And it's funny because the workouts, like he picks things and there's like videos of random actors doing the workouts. And so you kind of see how it's doing. So that that's like the YouTube aspect of it. Um, but it's just been personalized to go in a correct order of, of everything. And at the very beginning, his voice, he's got such like a booming voice. And he's like, all right, Tom, let's go, buddy. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, and then he disappears. He's gone. He's not like watching me or anything. Like it's just the first 30, it's not even 30 seconds. It's like two seconds. He says my name and he gives me this encouragement. Um, and then off to the races. And I am so winded. It was, it was a rough, it was a rough workout, but it was my first one. I'm trying to give myself grace. So I don't, I don't know if this is going to be a thing that sticks after two months, but I don't know. It was kind of humorous just to have this. This rando guy, he lives actually in the handprint of God. Shout out, shout out to Michigan. Um, he lives in Michigan and he's training me on this app and it like monitors my, I have this little like, it monitors my pulse and so he sees my heart thing. So it's it's kind of cool. It's like, I don't know, we'll see. We'll see what, what, what happens. I just need to, I just need to commit three days a week. That's what I'm shooting for right now. Well, you know what they say, the first workout back after an autoimmune disease is the hardest. <laughs> that is what they say. <laughs> that old saying, yeah. That is what they say, yeah. This has been a long time coming. I've been like walking a bunch and I've tried a couple runs here and there, but nothing has really been consistent. So I really hope that for two months at least, <laughs> I can be consistent. And then if I stick with it, I stick with it. If I say goodbye to... 
Danny. <laughs> so long, so long, Danny. I'll, I'll try out somebody else. Ryan, you mentioned that you were working out as we were scrambling to figure out when we can record tonight. What What are you doing with your body these days? Do you have anything? Oh, right now I'm just doing uh, incline walking, brisk incline walking on the treadmill That's right. while I watch TV. Yeah, I because of some back issues, I had to take a little break from lifting weights, but I'm hoping to get back into that uh, in a little bit. Nice. Yeah, I don't have those. And I told Danny that too. Like, I don't have any weights and I'm not going to go spend $500 to get mm, like a yeah. home gym. I'm not about that life. I'm not going to create a home gym in my place. At least not right now. Um, so yeah, he just gave me all these. It's amazing how much you can kill yourself with squats and lunges and just using your body. <laughs> like, I, I was like, how am I so exhausted right now? I haven't picked up a single weight and I just want to collapse on the floor. It was ridiculous. Right. I I just can't do body weight workouts. Like they're just psychologically too hard they for me. They are. Yeah. Like it just it just feels demoralizing to me. <laughs> right. It's true. I mean, I did a lot of that after I had a back injury. I did physical therapy and stuff. And yeah, you just use your body weight and you use some resistance bands and it's convenient. You can do it in your house, but it is a little demoralizing. Yeah, and I've learned I was I was never great at squatting, but I've learned that my knees are not what they used to be. Like pre pre autoimmune mm. disease, Tom Tom's knees are different than post autoimmune disease. Tom's knees, which um, we'll see. I gave him some feedback. I was like, "Bro, I can't do the squats. <laughs> give me give me something. Mm-hmm. Give me something <laughs> non squat related next time." But we'll see. We'll see mm-hmm. if Danny pulls through. I'm curious if our listeners are feeling the inspiration of a new year and they're joining the gym or they're doing CrossFit. Remember when we used to talk about CrossFit every episode? I miss those days. Man, that was like, that's like so two years ago. <laughs> it used to be literally every episode. Now we don't even mention it. We've both We've like moved, moved on. on. Yeah, that's yeah. so sad. But, um, but yeah, listeners, if you're doing something, let us know. Give us a call on the Yob line or shoot us an email or leave a comment on this episode. Um, let's For at least two more months, I'm invested. So let's let's keep each other accountable for two months and then drop the ball after that. That's That's the plan. that's that's the minimal plan but hopefully we can ascend beyond beyond that as well some announcements before we get to our discussion book club continues to roll we just talked about prayer in the night with uh i don't know like 10 or 12 10 or 12 different guys for book club and it was so great such a great it was such a great book about grief and about waiting and i learned a new vocabulary word which i'm gonna try to remember off the top of my head theodicy theodicy Theodicy? That's that's what it was, right, Ryan? I think that's right, yeah. We'll go with that, yeah. Theodicy. Google it, everybody. Um, the problem of pain and trying to figure out where God fits into all that. So um, it was a great conversation, and I'm excited for our next two entries. I'm going to front load our listeners with that. We're reading The Relational Soul by Plass and Cofield for February 16th. And then hot off the presses for March 16th, we're reading Eve Tushnet's Gay and Catholic which has been on my to-read list for literal years. Wait, to be clear, that's not the one that's hot off the press. No, <laughs> yeah, that's right. right. In fact, hot, hot off the press. Presses. I don't want anyone to be There's confused There's a new book here. called Gay and Catholic <laughs> by this up-and-coming author, Eve Tushnet. Yeah, no, hot <laughs> off the presses as far as announcing it to the community. Yeah, this is a book that goes back years that so many people, so many trusted sources have told me is a fantastic book, whether you're Catholic or not. Um, just there's a lot in there that's that's worth reading and worth applying. So 
Um, I'm so excited. Book Club has finally given me the reason to read this book <laughs> That's that's been on my to-read list forever. So, so those are our next two books um, and all of our information for joining the community is on Patreon. So check out patreon.com slash your other bros and join the best thing. I'm just going to say it's the best thing Yab does. Not retreats, not podcasts, not Zoom. This is it. This is the apex of your other brothers. So join Book Club. <laughs> Join book club today. Ryan, you've been to pretty much every one. Wouldn't you agree? I would agree that, y- y- yes, it has some of the, like, I don't know. I, f- I feel like we have some really good, high-quality conversation about deep things. There's, like, the right balance of personal connection with people, uh, balanced with, like, just intellectual, uh, like, digging into topics. So it, it feels like a good a good yes. mix. I was going to edit you to just cut it off if you had nothing to say, but I'm glad you contributed. That was great. That was, I agree. I full-heartedly, wholeheartedly agree. And before we get into our conversation on gay representation in media, we have to thank our sponsor, Ellen. Thank you, Ellen. Not Ellen, <laughs> not Ellen DeGeneres, just <laughs> Ellen. There's a community of Ellens supporting what we're doing today, supporting this show so thank 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 you, nondescript Ellens. Thank you. Thank you, Ellens. Your other Ellens. <laughs> for supporting our show today. Um, yeah, so Ryan, you said at the top that this is a topic that you've been wanting to do. Can you tell us why you suggested it? Do you remember what was going through your head? Like, this would be a great why was this something that you suggested as a topic for consideration? I think it's something that I have often thought about, especially when I see gay characters in uh, in the media, like in, in TV shows and movies, uh, it, it provokes this sort of like complicated mixed feeling in me um, that, that I feel very strongly. And so I thought it would be an interesting topic to dig into and try to sort out how do we, like what names do we give the feelings we feel um, and because I'm sure I'm not the only one who feels kind of this complicated feeling toward uh, toward representations of gay people in media. And and so, yeah, I thought it raises it, it raises some interesting questions about um, what is what is representation good for? Like, what does it help us with? Why is it important that we see ourselves represented in the stories that we tell? Um there's other questions like what is what what would be good representation for us uh, so I think I think it leads a lot of different interesting directions yeah no definitely um, I'm really curious to hear starting starting off with this conversation I'm curious like do you guys even remember who was like the first gay person that you saw in a TV show or on TV or in the movies or or in a book that you read, like do any names or do any characters come to mind as far as whenever you first became aware that such people could exist? <laughs> could exist? I realize mm. that's a tricky question because like a lot of it's not like all of us came out of the womb knowing we were gay or knowing we were attracted to men. Like that was something we had to come out to ourselves about. So it might have been a, a cloudy process. Well, and, and something one of our yobbers brought up on the uh, Discord channel discussing this was that a lot of uh like a lot of those like uh 90s disney cartoon villains were queer coded and Mm -hmm. so i would probably say like that was probably my first exposure to gay representation in media but it wasn't really 
I did I didn't know it was gay representation. And so and so that's even a complicated question. Like, does that does that count? I don't know. I wanted to mention queer coding real quick because I was like, yeah, that's totally I don't know. Was this like a huge revelation to you when you guys even realized that? Like, like I saw a YouTube video at some point where they were talking about that, where they would show like, like the examples that come to mind are Jafar from Aladdin or Scar from the Lion King. These like really isolated, single, kind of effeminate dressed Mm -hmm. or acting people like all of a sudden i was like oh my gosh like i see yeah i get all kinds of gay vibes now from these disney villains yeah it might be good to like define queer coding real quick for anyone who's not familiar with that idea but but basically it's it's kind of what what tom just said that um that you can give a character all these all these like flags all these signals that they're queer and often like only I, I think one of the goals is so that you could so so that only queer people sort of pick up on it. Uh mm-hmm. and it's supposed to sort of fly under the radar with straight or majority culture people. Yeah. Um and, and so Tom mentioned Jafar and Scar and, and and it happened with the female characters too, the female villains. Like I think uh Ursula, Ursula from yes. the, the <laughs> Lord too. Um one Yaver mentioned Maleficent mm-hmm. from Sleeping Beauty, which I haven't seen that movie in a long, long time. But but it happened with a lot of the villains at the time. Yeah, my um, my childhood is being deconstructed right now because this is all this is a new Are thought. For me. Yeah, mind? I've never thought about this. It totally makes sense <laughs> now that you mention it. But uh, I was just innocent little Aaron, not picking up on all the. Whether you hear about the fox and the hound. <laughs> Hold up. <laughs> just just kidding. That is a beautiful Jonathan and David story if ever I've seen one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's Queer Coding, Queer Coding 101 for you. Um, yeah, I saw a really fascinating YouTube video and it blew my mind. It's just like we're blowing Aaron's mind now. Yeah. So that's, that's happening in real time. Um, I remember going back, I was joking about Ellen, but like, honestly, I think the first person on TV that I ever had some sort of awareness was gay was Rosie O'Donnell. Like I used to watch her talk show all the time, loved her. She was also a huge survivor fan, which I'm going to talk about survivor later in this, in this show. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she would always be interacting with the contestants and she hosted a reunion show, one of the seasons. And, and I just loved Rosie O'Donnell. And then my world honestly deflated when I found out she was a lesbian like that really, mm. when I was just, again, transplant back to whatever, eight-year-old, 10-year-old Tom, like I was just very deflated by that. Like, oh no, she's one of she's one of them. And this was like this very internally confused, if not homophobic, but certainly very confused, had no idea how to put language to what was happening inside of me. But, um, but I just remember that somewhat vividly of like just feeling that deflate, like this changes everything. Now I don't like her. <laughs> And that sounds so awful, but but that's just mm-hmm. how I perceived her um, as being a, a TV talk show host who was also gay. Yeah, probably. I mean, probably for me, it was uh, Dumbledore and Harry Potter. Oh, um, yeah. Where he was never kind of he was never explicitly gay in the books. But then um, but then at some point, J.K. Rowling declared in a talk show 
uh, one day that, that he was gay. And, um, we can talk more about that, but that was probably, again, me sort of unknowing at the time, receiving some, uh, representation of a gay person back when the lgbt plus community loved jk rowling <laughs> it's it's yeah. waned over the years it's been a, it's been a journey this is a <laughs> yes. remember that remember those days yeah i wanted to read some yabber feedback to this first question and then i want to hear what you guys have to say um we asked our yabbers some you know three or four questions and they responded they came through and i'm so excited to share um, a lot of what they suggested, some characters and shows and movies that they have connected with over the years. Um, some of them I may or may not be familiar with. I feel like most of them I'm not. Maybe Ryan or Aaron will know some of them. Hopefully, as I read off some of these these things, people listening will be able to connect with um, some of these things. But basically, we're asking the community, like, who are some gay characters that um, have appeared on screen that you... or appeared in the pages that you've connected with, that you felt satisfied, that you felt represented by, um, or then are there others that you haven't? And then there's that there's been some sort of a dissatisfaction with. Um, and then we'll get into the topic of side B, like an, an explicitly traditional, yet also gay representation. Like, what does that look like? Does that exist? Um, we'll get to that as well. But the first question we asked was, how do you feel when you see gay male characters portrayed in media? Do you feel represented by them or not so much? Um, and some really great responses. Someone said this as an asexual gay man, there's basically no representation except maybe that one guy in Bojack Horseman. Have you guys seen that show? I have, and I, I know who he's talking about. Okay. Uh, is the character's name Jesse? I can't remember if that's the character's name or the actor's name, but he has a, he just wears a beanie all the time. And I don't know. I haven't watched enough of the show okay. to know how we know I've, he's asexual. <laughs> I have a hard time with cartoons in general. And so when I've seen that on Netflix, there's like a horseman. I was just like, I don't know. It looks too weird for me. It's a little bizarre. Yeah. It's a cartoon about it's it's a cartoon about depression. I didn't Aww. make it very far. <laughs> <laughs> you got we have enough of that in the real world. But no, I okay, but I know it's a popular show. They've had so many seasons. I've heard about it for years. So um so there's that. Any, any BoJack Horseman fans out there, there you go. So that's on the asexual side of the spectrum, which is somewhere somewhere I kind of ruminate with as well. Um, someone else who's bi said this, since I'm bi, whenever I see gay male characters in media, I tend to feel more represented by them than I do by straight characters, hmm. but not entirely. So that's really interesting because we have a smattering, we have a smattering of bisexuals in our mm -hmm. community who identify yeah. by that way. Both of those people make this interesting point that like our... I guess when I thought of this topic and when we brought this topic to the community, we were kind of mostly thinking in terms of like uh, ourselves, right? But our community is bigger than that. And um, and I think there are certainly parts of our community that whatever, uh, whatever we feel, uh, whatever, however much we feel unrepresented, I think that for for some people it's gonna it's gonna be even um even harder to feel mm -hmm. represented yeah we had a few guys comment on cliches and stereotypes um one person said i feel somehow represented but sometimes i think the characters are built up as cliches um someone else said i rarely feel represented in media a majority of queer media representation seems to play heavily on stereotypes that don't fit me at all 
Maybe it's my choice to be celibate. Maybe it's my lack of understanding of the strong desire people seem to feel about needing to have sex in order to be fully human, but I rarely connect with queer characters in media. Um, and then this one came up, which definitely will bring up a show that a lot of people seem to love that I have never gotten into. Um, he said this, I love seeing gay male characters in movies when they're not reduced to stereotypical tropes, but real relatable characters whose sexuality is only one of many aspects to them. LGBT representation is at its best when created, written, produced by LGBT people and not some straight dudes trying to attract more viewers. Shows like Shit's Creek. Can I say that? <laughs> Shows you, like you pronounce the C, right? right? Yeah, yeah, I heard the C yeah. in there. And the extra T. Shows like S hyphen Creek. Please like me and special are great examples of LGBT shows created by LGBT people who put a lot of their personal lives into the story. I don't know if you guys, okay, so S Creek, is that something that you guys have watched? I've tried to watch it and I can't. I, I, <laughs> I haven't pushed through enough, but I hear that it's a very popular show in our community. I've watched some, I, I liked what I saw, but that's not enough for me usually to watch the rest of the show. Okay. Yeah, I have watched it. I've watched it all a couple times. I really like it. So I can represent that part of our community. Oh, nice. Okay. Aaron coming through. Do you feel represented by Schitt's Creek? I do. Yeah. So one of the characters, David, um, I think he's pansexual. So it's interesting how he kind of describes it. I don't remember exactly what he says, but he sort of describes it like a bottle of wine. Like it's more about the quality of the taste rather than the specific label that he's attracted to. Um, so yeah, but they, they do a good job of making it more of a complicated real relationship. And he has some encounters with women and some encounters with men. And it's, yeah, it's, it's good. I like it. Hmm. Yeah. Somebody, somebody else, I'm going to skip ahead. Cause I was asking the community as well. Like what are, who are some characters you've felt represented by? Um, and someone mentioned this, David person from I'm just gonna keep saying S Shits Creek. Okay. I, I need to just be okay. I'm it's, not actually swearing. It's okay. Listeners. It's spelled it's spelled S C H I T T. So I'm not saying that it's just word. a family's name in the show. That's all. Right. So from that show, there's a character named David. Um, where like Aaron said, he identifies as pansexual and I identify the person who submitted this comment, I identify as bi. I relate more to the portrayal of his experience than with gay representation. I especially love that he challenges people's perceptions. Most people upon first meeting David would quickly assume he's gay because he's flamboyant. But in the first couple seasons, his first and only romantic sexual interaction was with a woman. I feel like living as a bisexual man is a steady flow of challenging people's assumptions about sexuality and gender expression. Mm. So that's really interesting, really fascinating. That's a great specific example that I know our community will connect with mm -hmm. by and large. Yeah, the there was a comment that someone mentioned about um, LGBT characters and, and these movies that are produced and written by LGBT people so that it just feels more authentic and that it kind of flows from more of a personal experience to go beyond just who somebody's attracted to or the romantic or sexual tension of these characters. Um, it reminded me of somebody I've really admired who is kind of like a comedic hero for me is this guy, Billy Eichner, who has a show, Billy on the Street, where basically he runs around Manhattan and just screams at people with a microphone. And he has celebrities that he's with. So he's really fun. I think he's funny. He voiced um, Timon in the live action 
Lion King that came out a couple years mm. ago. So that's that's another thing. But he's doing something really unique that I don't think has ever been done before because I follow him on social media. He's a joy <laughs> to follow. Um, but he's producing a movie called Bros that comes out this year, I think, or next year or something. Um, but it's like, I think it's like the first ever like all LGBT cast. Like everyone, pretty much anyone associated with the movie is, is LGBT+. Plus. Um, even straight characters, like characters that are playing straight men and women are going to be played by LGBT plus people. Um, and I'm just really intrigued to see, yeah, the layers of humanity that come out with just that kind of an authentic experience. Mm. So I wish mm-hmm. it were out now so I could comment more on it, but I just know that's a thing that's coming because, um, someone mentioned that and, um, cause that's just an interesting dynamic whenever you have, um, LGBT people actually talking about their characters versus straight people writing these stereotypes. I think a lot of those can come across as stereotypical or fluffy or one dimensional or, or what have you. So I'm excited for that movie. I hope it is good. I hope it has layers to it. Yeah. And that brings up another interesting question that we may or may not have time to take up during this podcast, which is like, why, how important is it? And why is it important for, uh, for like gay people to play gay people? Um, versus versus like having a gay character played by a straight person. I think uh, different people can feel very strongly about that. And it's a really interesting question to unpack. Yeah, well, and I even wonder, like, what about the writer being gay? Because in some ways that feels mm-hmm. more important to me than the actor, but I'm sure that could be debated mm-hmm. as well. Um, but yeah, that's an interesting point. Yeah, I tend to think... That's interesting. I'm curious where you guys stand on that. We can just talk about it right now. Like as a writer myself, I agree with Aaron. Like I, I'm not as concerned if the actor is gay or not. Um, Cause I feel like in acting we're they're all portraying somebody else. So that doesn't bother me. I understand that it would bother other people or be a, a concern to other people, but, but I just want the story to make sense. I want it to be well-rounded. I want the characters to, to have more to them than a lot of just superficial things that we might see. Maybe not as much presently, but certainly years decades ago for for gay characters in media so so the writing to me is definitely more important if it's coming from a person who knows what they're talking about (laughs) versus the actor that's portraying it but what do you what do you guys think i mean i think on one layer maybe there's a concern about um non-straight actors maybe having a disadvantage a systemic disadvantage in hollywood and so Mm. it's frustrating to see like straight frustrating to see uh, queer roles going to straight actors. Uh, but uh, so, so I, I can understand that, you know, I'm not involved in the Hollywood uh, movie industry, so it's hard for me to get super passionate about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but I think m- maybe sometimes like a queer actor could connect with the role a little more. Um, than than a straight actor could and and maybe maybe those times it's it's good it's nice to have a queer actor in a queer role but that's that's all i really that's the farthest i've gotten thinking through this yeah no that's a good that's a good point i'm glad you brought that up yeah that is i think that makes a lot of sense i kind of wonder what makes more impact on the final product like does the original material that is poorly interpreted by a straight person end up worse off than somebody who's straight writing a not very good gay role, but then that gay character or that gay person filling that gay character 
can maybe give it the life and the realness that it needs to work. Probably it's best if they're both gay. Let's just go with that. Make them all gay. Everybody's gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Moving on to satisfying representations. We were curious about whether the community had any satisfying representations. We've already mentioned David from that show that shall not be named. Um, so I'm going to start off with some things that I am familiar with. And then a lot of these I'm not familiar with. So Aaron and Ryan, you can jump in if you like can vouch for it or you know what it is. But um, our beloved show Queer Eye, which has been mentioned on numerous podcasts and at least one blog, maybe multiple blogs as well. Shout out to Will Cooper, who loves said show. Um, one of our community members said this, honestly, one of the few times I've experienced good representation has been through the show Queer Eye. I really appreciated the desire and focus on improving people's lives holistically and addressing hard conversations while also using their unique gifts that don't always fit queer stereotypes. And yeah, I will stand up, I will stand up for Queer Eye till the cows come home, if that's what the saying is, because... Um, the fact that that show hits on so many things, like, like the fact, like, I don't necessarily think that building a house from scratch is necessarily a gay or a queer thing, but one of the guys, Bobby, he does it. He often will build something out of nothing. And that is just an incredibly, um, I don't know. I'm just always inspired by the spaces that he creates. And I'm particularly inspired by the quote unquote culture expert on the show Karamo, because there's. The conversations he has with people, he's a social worker in real life and he's, he knows his stuff and he just like really, he knows how to like dig down to what is the, what is the insecurity or what is the big, um, the big hang up in the person's life that they're, that they're helping. And um, I'm just always moved by, he always comes up with these really unique scenarios and exercises that he does with them um, and has just these really heart to heart conversations. And, um, and that just really speaks to me as someone who enjoys that sort of thing. So, um, so he stands out to me as someone that I kind of see a little bit of myself in, um, just from like, I used to work with troubled youth and did some mentoring back in the day. And so I just really appreciate, um, this therapeutic approach and just being able to, to get to the root of these, these issues. Cause there's more to just like, someone's just sloppy and they, and their house is a mess. Like there's something going on there. Like, what is the issue? What is, what is happening? And so it's, it's, uh, not just a surface level fix. They really, he tries to go to go deeper, which I always enjoy. Another one that one of our yobbers suggested, which I definitely agree with, is the movie Love, Simon, um, which was mm -hmm. adapted from a book, Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda. So I need to give love to the book because the book came first. Um, but he said this, the anxiety that Simon felt in holding onto the secret that he's gay, spoiler alert, <laughs> And the combination of dread and release he felt the first time he tells someone was so palpable and I felt all of it because I know that feeling of coming out to someone all too well. Um, there's that aspect of it. And then for me as well, it really had an eerie parallel to my life because so much of that movie, for those that have seen it, is he kind of starts to process sexuality and starts to experiment or just starts to figure out how to put words to it um, by having this internet connection with somebody through email and through like Tumblr or something, some website out there. Um, and it was very reminiscent of like when I started on Zanga and I started finding these blogs and started connecting digitally with other people um, as well. So there was this element of just like learning to process this online first. Like that's how, that's how I started processing my sexuality was online with randos. <laughs> so um, <laughs> shout out to the randos who helped me process my sexuality. Cause yeah, that's, 
Um, that's definitely a character I saw a lot of myself in, especially in the early going. Not so much in the in the later latter part of the film, but in the early stages when he's starting to process all this and connect. Like I really really enjoyed that. Yeah, I mean, I really resonated with Love Simon Simon Spear. I mean, I think similar to you, I a lot of my processing started via email. And so that exchange felt very nostalgic, but also I just thought they did such a good job of highlighting all the, the big level, big picture complexities of like, first off, figuring out you're gay and then coming out and kind of showing one example of how the perfect response from a parent would be and a not so perfect response from a parent would be, um, and he's also sort of just a kid trying to get through life doing his thing. Like this is going on, but there's other stuff going on too. And yeah, similar to you, like, I don't know um, that I resonate with the happily ever after ending. Like they always cut the movie off right there, right? When they <laughs> just start dating and it's just perfect and in the honeymoon stage right, still. Right. But um, but yeah, it was, it was a very good representation, I think, of a lot of what I felt. Hmm. So there was a movie a few years back called Fourth Man Out, and it was sort of a sort of a indie low budget film. Uh, it was mostly I think they aiming me for mostly comedy with some dramatic aspects, but the uh, but the the premise is there's this uh, mechanic living in like a blue collar town USA, and he has his little group of like three buds and uh and the story is him coming out to them and how how his coming out to them impacts their friendship their friend group and how they see him and how they respond to him and them as like a group of friends working through working through that and i remember uh one i, th I think the most interesting part of the movie to me is at the beginning Right after he comes out to his best friend, his best friend looks over to him and says, look, this doesn't change anything. Uh, and then the rest of the movie keeps asking the question, is that really possible? Is that really a promise they can keep? And um, and so the relationship between this guy and his best friend, I think I it really resonated with me because the main character is sort of working through like, what is, what is my love for this man? Like, what does it mean? What kind of love do I have for this guy? And, and it's sort of ambiguous at times and he doesn't really, it's, it's hard for him to find answers and his love doesn't really fit in a, fit in a box. And I feel very, very represented by that. I feel very, um, I feel very much less alone in the world <laughs> when I see that like somebody, some, some director or writer out there decided to make this movie and I feel less crazy uh, because that's not something you really see in, um, in the stories people tell. Uh, similarly, I thought um, uh, Luca actually had some similar themes where the like the love between the two boys isn't really well categorized. And I think you saw a lot of people reading into it kind of what they wanted, but, and, and maybe I'm just doing the same thing here, but, uh, <laughs> but I mean, in my opinion, like the, the, the love between the two characters isn't really easy to categorize. And that's really important to me that 
sometimes our love is complicated. Sometimes it is ambiguous. Sometimes it doesn't fit into uh, into categories. And and so yeah, even though even though Luca didn't really explicitly say any of the characters were straight or not, um, you know, I, I felt like that was good good representation of the kinds of relationships or kinds of love that I felt. Yeah. Shout out to Eugene, one of our bloggers, because he wrote a blog about Luca. And I think, fingers crossed, I think I'm going to get Eugene on an upcoming ConvoCast to dive into Luca. It'll be like film, it'll be like Yob's film review. We're going to dive into Luca for 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And so so stay tuned. I'm, I'm putting it out there now. So this will now force me to follow through and make this make this episode happen. Although I also need two to tango. So Eugene just needs to agree. <laughs> he already has. It's just, we just got to figure out a time to coordinate that. But um, but yeah, no, Luca, definitely a community favorite as well. Um, let me rattle off some of these other ones because so many great suggestions from Yabbers. Loved all the feedback. Um, one person said this, one of my favorite pieces of LGBT representation comes from Pose. And it's because I get to see other aspects of LGBT life the experience of living through the AIDS era as black trans women, which I am not, almost akin to seeing your family on TV or something. You guys heard of Pose? Mm. You know what that is? I have heard of it. I've heard very good things about it, but I have not seen it. Nice. I haven't owned a TV since my freshman year of college, so it's been a while. <laughs> I don't know what the kids that are watching. Make it tough. <laughs> if it's not on Netflix or other streaming services, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard. I, I'm I'm kind of hard to keep up. It's hard to keep up with things, but um, um, someone else said the show Everwood. I remember that from like CW days, I think. I think it's like CW kind of in that vein of, of shows. Um, the show Everwood about characters Kyle and Ephraim. I think Kyle represented me when I was a teenager in some way. Somehow I resounded with his anger or frustrations. What I find more satisfying about it was that he was able to develop a genuine friendship with Ephraim instead of turning him into a crush or a love interest. He was able and willing to build a friendship with any other thing without any other thing into the mix. Um, we've already talked about the show. Um, someone else said the film, I don't even know how to say this. I'm so unprepared. Um, someone said the show, the film, The Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. Do you guys know what that is? <laughs> I, I have watched that movie. Actually. Is that the oh, name wow. of the movie? Yeah. That it's, whole thing, that long phrase. Yeah. Wow. It is. And you did. I think you said the it. The Guernsey. Okay, I'm gonna try it again. The Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. Let's there let's you go. finish his yes. thought. Showed a gay man called Sydney, the editor and friend of the main character Elizabeth. While their relationship was not a major plot point, I think it provided an interesting perspective on the gay experience, especially our relationship with our female friends. It was not played in, in an excessive gay best friend kind of way, but placed him in a position of honor, making him a sort of older brother figure. So that was really interesting to me. You've seen it, Aaron? Yeah, I have. It's been a while, so I don't remember super well. Um, but it, it's very interesting, and the setting is... It's part flashback to this little society meeting. Uh, I believe it was during World War II um, in Nazi-controlled somewhere. And it's one of the characters afterwards sort of going back and reminiscing. But it's a really interesting story about friendship. And they do, yeah, they bring in some nice um, LGBT representation, I would say. Okay. And do it in a way that is not uh, cliche and stereotypical. Mm. So it's nice that way. So I had to say, I'm just stuck on this phrase, potato peel pie. Like, 
They, I, I, yeah, they make like a pie of potato peels. Keep in mm. mind, this is this is World War II when that's as good as it gets. I guess. Yeah. I, like army, I said, I don't remember totally. The army takes all the potatoes, and all you're left with is peels. <laughs> right. It's funny because as I was reading that, I mean, I've, I, it's been on my little document that I'm reading off, so I've seen it previously to this moment. But even as I was reading it live, I was like, I think that's two different. It's so long. It's got to be two different movies that he's suggesting. But no, that is all one movie. Um, you guys all check it out. Let us know what you think. <laughs> um, and I can't leave this part of the conversation without mentioning Boy Erased because we had guys, um, we've had people in our community go through conversion therapy and have had some some traumatic experiences with that. But the reason I wanted to bring up Boy Race because there's a really touching moment in the film that I felt seen and I felt, I just thought it was beautifully well done. It's a beautiful, it's a beautifully done movie. Um, there's a scene in the movie where the main character, Jared, um, encounters another boy, another man. I don't know. I guess they're teenagers. He's a boy. So he encounters another boy. And you would think like, oh, this is Hollywood. They're gonna, They're like all alone in a room and dim lighting. Like they're going to start making out or they're going to start having sex or they're going to, there's something sexual in the air that's about to happen. But all they do is they just lie on the bed because he's just in torment and he's just so confused and doesn't know what mm. to do with his life. And they just lie on the bed and they just like, nothing happens. And they just look at each other and they just talk and they just sit in silence um, the other guy isn't trying to like force himself on the other guy. And I just thought that was such a beautiful, tender moment where it's like, just because two gay people are alone in a room doesn't mean they're going to start doing things. Like they just enjoyed each other's company. And it was, it was a really sweet moment that I just really was totally not prepared for that totally caught mm -hmm. me off guard. And I really appreciated that because, mm -hmm. um, cause yeah, that's, that's, that's just something that speaks to me as someone who doesn't have, um, that experience um it just was it was beautiful to to watch play out mm -hmm. our next question is moving from the satisfying to the unsatisfying. should we have started with unsatisfying i don't know here we are though um are there characters that have popped up over the years you guys that have i don't know left an incomplete feeling in your proverbial mouth <laughs> or stomach or what have you yeah i i hesitate to Really, you know, originally I was going to put Dumbledore in the satisfying category, but I'm actually going to put him in the unsatisfying category mm. just because I wish Ooh. there would there had been more there. Um, like, I wish that J.K. Rowling had um, had had talked about him, had had treated him as a gay character, like explicitly in the books, uh, if she was going to later then like announce that he was gay. Um because I thought that he was a really very, very side B adjacent, honestly. Like he is, for, for all that anyone can tell, like vastly celibate, <laughs> uh, <laughs> apart from like this one romantic fling early in his life. Uh, and he's devoted his life to things bigger than himself. I remember when... Uh, when the news first broke that Dumbledore was gay, I was... I was mad about it. And I think that that was coming out of sort of an internalized homophobia time for me. Cause that was, um, that was probably in the early, in the mid two thousands, I guess. And, um, and, and it felt like, Oh, like, uh, he, it, she just, she just had to make him gay. Um, I, and I'm trying to remember exactly what I was mad about, but it, it's really hard guys. Uh, and I'm trying to remember when, when sort of like that switch flipped from like, 
he's too he's too much gay representation to he's not enough gay representation yeah that's an interesting journey for you to go between yeah. those two <laughs> those two sides of it yeah and i think and i think maybe it was when i started to identify as gay um i started to see oh wait here's this character who could have represented very well like what i envisioned for my life um who doesn't want to be like dumbledore right like dumbledore is a great mm-hmm. character mm-hmm. so yeah may- maybe that was it maybe when i kind of shifted my own identity language um to yeah. to be a little closer to um to how people talk about dumbledore did you guys both read harry potter i never did I never got into that. I feel left out. I did, but not till I was older. Mm-hmm. So I didn't read it until a few years ago. And it's you missed out if you didn't read it. It's good stuff. <laughs> I love hearing that I missed out. That's great. It's great stuff to yeah. hear. Yeah. How do we feel about Gandalf? Do we get gay vibes from Gandalf? I get ace vibes. Ace vibes. Yeah. yeah I see the that. The thing is, like with Gandalf, even though he looks like a human, he's not human per se, like he's not man or categorized in the category of men, like in Lord of the Rings, like he's a wizard. So he's sort of this other entity. So I never really thought about his sexuality because I sort of thought of him as just removed from the plane of sexuality altogether. Interesting. Um, I I will add another, uh, I'll, I'll go back to fourth man out to finish my answer to this question. And the... Um, sorry if sorry to spoil this for anyone, but the the plot ends, the movie ends with this guy, the main character, uh, finally finding a man, um, like sort of finally landing a date, and and it it really felt like it took away from the movie, and I don't I don't think I'm saying that just because I'm celibate. I think that like the movie was about friendship. Um, and so it was unsatisfying to me when his life couldn't be complete without, um, without picking up a guy. I know. Isn't that the worst? <laughs> one of our, <laughs> right. one of our yabbers said that he said representation is disappointed to me most often when a romance is pigeonholed into the story, whether you use the language of pigeonholed or, or it just has to end that way. It has to end with finding a partner. Like, does it, does it always that's that can be that can be very unsatisfying yeah yeah and i i um also have a strong love for fourth man out it was during my phase where i went and just binged all the lgbtq (laughs) plus genre movies on netflix and then hulu and wherever i could find it um that one stood out as much better than most for sure and part of the reason is yeah it focuses so much on friendship and i agree it just didn't really make plot sense even. So I think what's frustrating most to me about most of these sorts of movies is at the end, there always seems to be sort of this agenda of making them get into this gay romance. And now it ends with them living happily ever after. Um, And we get a lot of that from straight people from from just like typical heterosexual romance movies, Mm -hmm. but it feels like there isn't yet a well-developed part of Hollywood that shows, okay, this is a gay person being a human and having a really tough time with their love life or just sort of, there's not enough complexity there. It's been hyper-focused on, they came out, they finally accepted themselves. And when they accepted themselves, they found the love and man of their dreams or woman of their dreams. And like, they get to just be done now. 
but I want the sequel. Like, show me where they're at five years later. Do they even talk anymore? Or are they like married, but they're just that bitter married couple who mm-hmm. hates each other? I don't know. Like, I they certainly don't need to make every movie that way. But having some more humanity to some of the gay characters, I think, would be better for everybody. Yeah. You guys got me all intrigued now. Like, I'm missing out on Harry Potter. I'm missing out on this fourth man out the pie peeling thing. I, I, I have so much to catch up on. I'm going to have to create a queue after this episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, people who know Thomas Mark Zuniga know that Survivor has been my favorite show ever since it hit the airwaves. And there's something about, this is, this is really interesting to me because I don't know how much you guys know this. Survivor has an incredibly strong LGBT following. Gay people love this show. It has a very disproportionate number of people. And whether it's because it's like, hot people in their bathing suits and underwear. I don't know. I don't know if that's like on one end of the spectrum or on the other end of the spectrum. Do we like the idea of being removed from normal society and like having a bit of a refuge or something? Like, I don't know what's going on with why so many gay people love this show. It's all the, it's all the working so hard to avoid getting cast out. Exactly. Right. Yeah. We all just, we can relate so much with just trying to survive. That's it. That's your day to day. We're survivors. Yeah. I think there's a survival. Yeah. There's a survival element to it that I think is more than just physical survival. Yeah. Um, For whatever reason. Yeah. 12 year old Tom loved this show when it hit the airwaves and I've never missed the season. Watch it all the time. I'm sure there's probably a decent number of our listeners who love Survivor. Um, In the back of my mind growing up and certainly when I started coming to terms with my sexuality, I always wondered like, would there ever be someone who's a self-identified gay Christian? Would there ever be a gay Christian on the show? Um, I wouldn't have used the language of gay Christian at the time. I would have used an SSA Christian or I would have used a, you know, someone who has a traditional belief and whatever they label themselves as. I always wondered if that would ever be a person. And then I would wonder like, what if that's my job? What if I'm supposed to apply for this show and be the first person that would represent that person? Because um, they've had some really interesting um gay characters it's weird to call them characters but it's like you're only seeing this edited version of them so i call them characters um but they've had a whole slew of gay people appear on this show over the years um it's been on since 2000 so 20 plus years now um but in season 29 survivor san juan del sur they finally cast it was a family season so like there were people who knew each other that were on the show together um they cast these boyfriends josh and reed who were New York City, like Broadway theater boys, and they identified as gay Christians. And that threw me for such a loop because up until that time, like I had hoped that if there was going to be a gay Christian on the show or an SSA Christian, that it would be someone like me, someone with my particular belief on sexuality. And and all of a sudden, these two boys, not just one, but two of them on the same season are stealing my thunder and are kind of making myself sort of feel represented. They talked a little, they didn't talk like at length about their faith on the show a little bit here and there. Um, But it also was just like, but this isn't, no, this isn't completely correct. Like I, I felt satisfied to see some version of myself on the screen finally, but, um, but the fact that they were dating with, you know, together and it's just like, it just felt completely flat for me at the end. And one of them turned into a villain and I just was like, I'm so done with this show. I need I need to see myself represented because over 40 seasons now, there, I still have not yet to see someone on the show who has a traditional belief on sexuality who would identify as gay. Like I haven't seen that person 
go on the show yet. And I've had multiple people tell me that I need to apply or I need to go on. And maybe, maybe one day that will happen. But I just, I, that is something that has stuck with me ever since I started watching this show. You just keep up those workouts for the next two months and you're <laughs> I in. To, you're I need good. to look hot in my bathing suit to be cast, sadly. But um, you should make your autoimmune disease like your thing for getting on the show. But oh, then, yeah. But then, like, sort of Trojan horse in there. Is- <laughs> Gay celebration. Right. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. Because I wonder, I kind of wonder if like the producers would be receptive to that. Like on the one hand, it's something they've never had before, which is a plus. But on the other hand, is that too controversial? Is that too, don't want to get their hands on that, on that type of a person broadcasting to millions of people? Like, I don't know. I, I, I'm curious. I think they'd love your autoimmune disease and they would not like your faith sexuality so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens with that. But um, I guess to close out the conversation today, you guys, um, is there such a thing as a satis- like a fully satisfying representation? Could that ever exist? Like a person, like I was just saying, a person who has a traditional belief on sexuality and whether they identify as gay or queer or SSA or what have you, like, is that something that could happen in a fictional, in some sort of a fictional world, or even I guess a non-fictional, if it was like a documentary, even or something? But um, I don't know. What do you What do you feel? What do you think about that possibility one day, if it doesn't already exist? If you can't think of any, um, I, I mean, I mean, I think I'm optimistic. I think that you know, you use the phrase "fully satisfying," and I think uh, it's it's hard to imagine. <laughs> what that would mean but mostly uh, but I, predominantly I, yeah 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 i remember um eve tushnet's novel amends which i highly recommend it is second hysterical. Eve reference yeah, of the day yeah we're, we're dropping <laughs> dropping eve's name left and right here um it is fantastic it is not really about sexuality one of the side characters is a um is a gay celibate christian and i i feel like that representation was spot on um and and i loved that character and his uh what the the kind of minor plot arc he had Mm -hmm. um you know and i think i think the representation we see is going to come from within our community you know like i think uh at least at least for now it's going to come from inside of of our community um and so i would love to be somehow a part of um part of creating like telling more stories involving people like us for sure yeah i think for it to be fully satisfying to me um it almost has to be somewhat mainstream like even if it comes from within our community that's fine but to me it's a little bit about feeling like i'm being seen um and that others are seeing me and if it's just a bunch of other, uh, you know, gay celibate Christians reading it and feeling seen, like, I think that's good, but I don't know if that's fully satisfying the way mm-hmm. as like seeing a love Simon for a side B Christian would be where he goes through all of that and then makes a tough decision to be celibate or, mm-hmm. you know, what marry a woman or something. But, um, I don't know. I'm not particularly optimistic that it will ever happen. And partly I think that's because it's really hard for Hollywood to get Christians right. Yeah. So I don't know how you, (laughs) if you can't get Christians right, then how are you going to get a gay Christian right? That's a good point. (laughs) Yeah. 
And uh, so, but could it be done? Yes, it could be done. Do I expect to live to see it someday? No, but I hope the world proves me wrong. Yeah. Mm. Someone posted it. I thought it was so humorous. Um, someone just posted, we need a side B movie, but it would probably be very boring. <laughs> and I was like, okay, interesting. We would have to figure out, yeah, how can we spice it up? How can we make this a story worth investing in? I think there's ways. Oh, yeah. It has challenges, though. It certainly has challenges. Yeah. I love, I have to, this is not self-promotion, but I have to do it because the person wrote it in such a hilarious way. Um, but he said, I think having good side B representation still goes back to the idea of honestly telling a side B person's story. Ever hear of a little book called Struggle Central? <laughs> <laughs> I think the side B movement is still young and I'm not expecting side B characters to show up in mainstream TV, fo movies, fiction, and books, but there's definitely something to be said for the side beers who have documented and published their experiences because it really is a start in voicing our way of living out our sexuality. Even for a Christian side B movie show, Be Made would be a huge milestone. But I think how that happens is with people like us. Like, how cool would it be for a yabber that's into filmmaking to make a show, movie, a short film revolving around a side B character? This is where we turn it over to the audience and say, y'all, do it, make it, <laughs> make it happen. Mm -hmm. We encourage you. We, we support Real. you. Um, I think that'd be so cool. Like, I don't have any film background. That is one thing. If I could go back and do college over again, I would do something with film. Like, I would get my feet wet with just taking some background courses. Like, I don't know, just getting some sort of understanding of, of the film world and screenwriting or whatever. And just trying to add that feather in my cap because I have no knowledge of that world. I have no connection to it. And I... I feel like that would be such a huge gift to the world. It would be a challenge. It would be ridiculed. It would be, but all good art is. There's no art that's just universally beloved, right? That's right. Yeah, I, it was pointed out to me earlier this week that Justin Lee, uh, who is famous for founding the Gay Christian Network, uh, he created a a musical about uh, about being a gay Christian, really? and it wasn't it wasn't really like. The person who told me about this um, didn't uh, didn't he he said it wasn't really like strongly side A or side B, but I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't mention that there is there is something out there. I have never about. heard of that. Yeah, because I <laughs> yeah me yeah either. I've read Justin Lee, and so I'm surprised I haven't heard of that. Interesting. Yeah, I do wonder if like if the church could figure out the side B issue and get behind it. I think maybe I am a little more optimistic then because I don't remember the production company or the film group, but they've done Facing the Giants and um, Courageous and Fireproof. Like they've done some pretty good Christian films and they've only gotten better as they've, you know, done them more recently. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if at some point the church would be open to supporting a story like ours being, put onto the big screen or something, something that comes to mind is the chosen. There's a lot of people who are all about the chosen myself included. And it's just like, it's the largest crowdfunded like production TV production in history. Like it's incredible what they're doing and they've made two seasons now. Um, and that's just incredible. Like, like again, there's outside the box thinking there's ways to do this that doesn't have to follow the traditional model. It'd be cool if it did follow the traditional model if, if Hollywood got on board, but, um, to crowdsource it and just create it out of that, out of that passion. Like I think is an interesting like wildcard option that uh, 
the chosen. The chosen a little more universal when you tell the story of Jesus and his followers. That's I think has broader appeal than maybe the story we would want to tell. But, but <laughs> I felt <laughs> um, I felt very represented by fussy wedding caterer Thomas in the show. <laughs> Oh, have you seen it? I didn't know if you saw it. Fussy Tom, not no longer doubting Thomas, but Fussy Thomas. Fussy. He was this wedding caterer in mm-hmm. the show. He was a wedding caterer, and he was just um, very, uh, very detail oriented, and like everything yeah. has to be right. And um, and if that that's some, that's actually some pretty good gay representation, if you ask me. <laughs> Wow. I'm excited for that show when we get to the part where John lays his head on Jesus's breast. That that is going to be the apex of game Oh, that's the that's the only reason I'm watching it. It's going to take 5 oh seasons gosh. to get there, but we're going to get there. Just, <laughs> just to really see what and how they handle that. Cuz they, they have yeah, do. they've yeah. done a good job of like being accurate, but then also giving the characters a lot of roundedness and um mm-hmm. dimension and depth. So, I yeah, I'm really curious to see when Last Supper rolls around. What happens? Right. Later? Perhaps a uh, no homo or two will be muttered. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Let's I can't that. wait for the evangelical response to that, even though it's right in scripture. Like this is what happened. Right. So I'm curious. Yeah. I feel like I've generally seen gay representation or just LGBTQ plus in general representation get better in the last 20 years. Um and it feels like there's more diversity, uh, diverse, you know, to how they represent it. So maybe there's, I think there's more hope to see, even if it's not a, a gay Christian, to at least see gay people who are humanized in a way that the classic cliche love story or the classic cliche like gay character that's just the butt of all the jokes hasn't done before. So yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic for a lot of gay representation in media. But we just have to remember that the world doesn't really get Christianity in a lot of ways. And it certainly doesn't get celibate Christians and it certainly doesn't get gay celibate Christians. So it's going to be hard for something for them to portray something they don't know anything about, nor could they comprehend from their current worldview. What about asexual gay celibate Christians? Let's just make it more yeah, specific. Yeah, just the minorities of the minority. It just goes on. In a mixed orientation of marriage, no less. <laughs> right. Racial minorities who are LGBTQ. Yeah. But like I said, maybe this is, maybe someone out there, someone listening is has a film background. You feel the stirring to tell a story. You want to turn Struggle Central into a movie. Let me know. Get Get in touch. I've thought about that. I've had random thoughts over the years. Like, what would like, what would that, what would my life as a movie look like? Not even just my book representation, but do you guys ever think about that? Like, what your life as a movie could look like, or is that just me as a writer? I think about that a lot. No, can't no. say I think think that much <laughs> about that. No, I would be I would be utterly like horrified if somebody tried to make a movie of my life. Oh, it would be <laughs> right, oh, it would be absolutely right. horrifying, but I think about it nonetheless. Like, it's a fun <laughs> it's a fun thought experiment, yeah, for me. Fun. But, um, huh? Fun is the word that we're going with. Um you guys, this is such a great conversation. Listeners, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Um we got so much feedback from our Yabbers community, and so if you didn't submit something in time or if you're not part of our Yabbers community, 
Um, you want to share some of your thoughts on representation in media, go over to our podcast episode page. Go to otherbrothers.com slash podcast, find episode 91, and tell us a tale about your experience with books, with movies, with TV shows. Um, those are the main ones. I guess you could talk about other things too, but comic books, maybe. Hmm. That's another big one. <laughs> yeah, that is actually a big one. I was joking, yeah. but mm-hmm. I, I have no knowledge of the comic book world, but I know that's a big thing for people. So nerd alert, but you're welcome here. You're welcome here as well. <laughs> um, yeah, tell us tell us how you feel. If you feel represented, satisfied, unsatisfied, or um, or how do you feel? What are your What are your optimism or lack of optimism about a side B representation? Um that's effective, that's deep, that's beautiful, that's tragic, all of the things. Checks all the boxes. Um, let us know. Um, and thank you, Ellen. Thanks, Ellen. <laughs> I love Ellen. <laughs> I got an envelope in the mail that said, this is from Ellen, and I will sponsor the next episode. And I said, okay, you got it. Thank you, Ellen. Starbucks gift card for five bucks. <laughs> hey, man, I will <laughs> we'll get the job done. Okay, here's an idea. If somebody listening wants to send me a Starbucks gift card for $5, you can be the sponsor of the next show. That is a fact. Ooh, ooh we are. P.O. Box. It's going to happen, P.O. Tom, Box 843, Asheville, North Carolina, 28802. Please. My brother will say it in the outro if you missed it. But yeah. That that's funny. That is so funny. I would totally, I would totally give you a sponsorship. This is We're getting into yeah, some tax implications. Actual, right, actual <laughs> I have a good accountant. I'll talk to her. I'll talk to her about that. But Ryan and Aaron, it's so good to see you guys. Ryan, I'm so glad we got to do this episode with you. Do Me you too. Feel, thank you. Do you feel mm-hmm. satisfied, Excellent. or do you feel? I, I feel satisfied. I'm just. Okay. This is all I wanted out of helping to host the podcast, and really. This is my last one. Thanks. <laughs> you can ride off into the sunset. Oh, he's now. gone. Yep. <laughs> I'm glad we can erase the the top of the spreadsheet now. It's going to have a blank space now after yeah. we complete this. So that's monumental. What a day. What an occasion. But it was great. I love this conversation. Hopefully we'll be able to have more um, content like these because like people cre- keep creating movies and books and TV shows. And so maybe there'll be more to talk about a year from now. Maybe we can do a sequel. That would be fun. Um, that's all for today. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next time with another exciting episode. Um, but for now, for all your other brothers, my name is Tom. This is Ryan. And I'm Aaron. Reminding you that you are not alone. Even the sparrow finds out. See you next time, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to your other brothers podcast. Our show is edited and produced by Thomas Mark Zuniga. If you enjoy our show, consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Your Other Bros. We'd love to hear your story. Comment on this or any of our episodes at yourotherbrothers.com slash podcast. Or share a story to play back on our show by calling us at 706-389-8009. You can also email us at podcast at yourotherbrothers.com. Or write to us at Your Other Brothers, P.O. Box 843, Asheville, North Carolina, 28802. Finally, if you'd like to further support our storytelling, community-building efforts, consider becoming a Yabber. Yabbers pledge monthly on Patreon and receive perks, like bonus podcast content, access to a secret Facebook group, regular group calls with fellow patrons and authors, and more. Visit patreon.com slash yourotherbros for more information. Until we journey next time, We're glad you're with us.